Hi, and welcome to Podcaster Stories. Each show, we'll have a conversation with podcasters across all mediums and share their story, what motivates them, why they started a show, how they grew their show, and more. We'll also talk about their personal lives and some of the things that have happened that have made them the person they are today. And now, here's your host, Danny Brown. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Podcaster Stories, the show that talks to the people behind the voices of our favourite podcasts. This week, I've got a veritable veteran of the podcasting industry, Mark. Is it Asquith? Like Ass and Quiff put together. Asquith. <laughs> That's an easy one to remember. <laughs> I want to make sure I got your right name. So Mark's been around podcasting for a few years. He's got a lot of podcasts behind him that he currently runs, as well as a podcasting host and a whole bunch of stuff that we'll talk about, um, you know, during the, the, the show. So Mark, um, thanks for being on. And if you want to maybe just introduce yourself. Sounds good to me, man. Did. Thank you very much. Um, so I'm CEO and founder with uh, my compatriot Kieran of Rebel Base Media, we're a tech company. We own a number of podcasting tech platforms in the space. So we own Captivate.fm, um, which is a hosting analytics and, and distribution platform. We own podcast websites, Podcast Success Academy, and Productivity. And we have a podcast recording studio here in the UK, um, down in Sheffield. And of course, I'm a, a podcaster as well. I think I've produced uh, around, at this point, around 1,200 episodes um, of varying podcasts um, since 2013. So, yep. Every day, man, podcasting is what I do. <laughs> and and I know one of the podcasts that you have is uh, Spark of Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast, which is very serendipitous with today's day. It is indeed. May the fourth be with you. We're recording this on Star Wars Day, which is pretty badass. So, uh, indeed. <laughs> that, that's cool. Have you guys got any plans for a special episode or... I haven't caught up with the latest. Well, we did one on Saturday. Actually, it was our um, it was our anniversary. We launched on May the fourth last year with three episodes. Um, so the show was a year old, and we just had a little internal lockdown celebration. You know, Gaz and I just shot the breeze for a little bit, but uh, <laughs> you know, it was it was cool, man. It was it was nice to just uh, you know do a do a, an episode ready for May the fourth. So yeah, we just we just enjoyed it as normal and did our our, our birthday episode on Saturday. Ah, oh, cool. I'll have to listen to that later for sure. Um, so, like you mentioned, you've got a, a host of podcasts behind you. What was the first one you did and why that topic or why that podcasting? So, we particular? we got into podcasting. So, remember, this is way before um, I, I had a tech company in podcasting. It's way before I was as deep in podcasting as I am now. And this is in 2013. I launched a show with Gaz, the same guy that I run Spark a Rebellion with. And that was called Two Shots to the Head, which was a DC Comics podcast because um, we're big DC fans as well as big Star Wars fans. We launched a show called Two Shots to the Head, uh, which was based on the blog that we ran for a couple of years, um, also called Two Shots to the Head, which is um, from, a, from a line in Batman Dark Victory. It's a, a line that Harvey Dent speaks um, plus many other people. And it's, yeah, it, it was, that was the first foray into podcasting, really. That was in, I think, probably, I want to say like mid 2013, maybe early 2013. <laughs> and now, is that podcast still running or was that sunsetted to do Spark of Rebellion? You mentioned it's with Gaz for both shows. So we actually we wound that up. So what happened was I, um, I was at the time, I was running my agency, my design and, and digital agency, and we set this show up. And that kind of, it kind of came at a time where I was getting into personal branding myself and starting to step away from the agency that I built. And it was kind of this weird time for us. So we, we Gaz and I kind of parted ways. We, we've always stayed friends and always, always chatted, but I think we did that for about a year. Um, and as I got busier 
creating podcast websites, which then became Rebel Base Media and spawned off a number of products. We, you know, we just parted ways. Gaz went off and did his Doctor Who podcast, Big Blue Box podcast, which still still moves to this day, still does it to this day. Um, I created Podcast Tech and and, and created a no, you know a number of other podcasts uh, in the space, and then we came back together last year. So yeah, two shots with Sunset a while ago, although randomly. Um, we still get sent like loads of swag. So we used to get sent loads of swag to review and lots of like um, comics and, you know, like pop culture memorabilia mm. and like invites to comic cons and all sorts. Like we, I think that only stopped about six months ago, which is pretty sweet. So yeah, you know, still reaping the benefits. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I'm a, I'm a geek myself um, and I love the DC universe. I think it's an, a, a far richer universe than the Marvel one. Um, but that's, that's pretty cool that it led to all these opportunities and, you know, people and brands reaching out to you. Because obviously that's one of the things that a lot of podcasters are asking about. How do I get, say, sponsorship and working with brands, et cetera? Would you, would you have, like, any particular advice on how to best approach that for podcasters? So because you're a geek, I can, I can come at this from a different angle. So this is good. <laughs> um, there's so much advice out there, and it's usually, it's usually given by people that have not done it. Um, so I'm going to come at this from a different perspective um, and, and use a different example to what I would normally give because you're a geek. So the example that I would give is that, look, people are only going to spend money with you if they know you, like you, and trust you. Just marketing 101. You know, it's, it's basic marketing. Um, but the problem is podcasters don't think like that. They think download numbers, a.k.a. sales. So they think, as soon as I've got some numbers, I can start to sell some stuff. And it, it just doesn't work like that. So... What we did from we, we, from the beginning with two shots to the head even was we we got to know the people and added a lot of value to them and, and really kind of were just present all the time. So we would, uh, for example, we're in, in the UK. Um, you know, we got to, for example, we got to know a lot of the artists that work for DC. So I got to know Tula Latte, who went on to uh, replace Greg Capullo on some of the Batman stuff, who in turn worked with Scott Snyder. Um, and she runs a, a, an event up in Leeds, which is like 10 miles away from us, called Thought Bubble. We ended up being press at Thought Bubble, interviewed Scott Snyder, um, interviewed a number, like Tim Sale was stood next to me, like the guy that pretty much inspired Smallville. Um, and it just... It, it, that kind of thing really led to a lot of opportunities for sponsorships and for, for a lot of stuff that we do now with Sparker Rebellion. And it all came about through being constantly present. I've just recorded an episode today, actually, for, for my other show, the, the Podcast Accelerator, which comes out on Wednesday, uh, about this thing called a presence promise, um, where you, you, know, you have to promise to be present for your listeners all the time. So the way to get sponsorship is turn that on its head. Like do what we did with Two Shots to the Head and even do what we did when it came to building the original rebel-based media product podcast websites, which was just be ever present at as many things as you can, because people don't really care about the numbers. Once they've got to know you, like they want to know they're going to get a return on what they're spending on, but they're much more willing to understand your audience and work with you. If they know you, they're not just going to look at the numbers and say, yay or nay. So you've got to be present. Like a lot of people don't do this. A lot of people will pitch sponsors, like from day one, the number of people that use Captivate and say, right, I've got two episodes out. How do I get some money from this? And you're like, what are you kidding? Like, this is mental. So be present. Get to as many places as you can. Do what we did with Thought Bubble and Tula. Be around them. You know, just help them. You know, go on offer to do things, you know, like with, with, with Tula at Thought Bubble. We, we offer to volunteer. Like, do you want to, we'll just turn up. We'll bring a mic and we'll just, whatever you need doing, we will just do it. All right. And it works. It really works. So you got to do that sort of stuff. But the problem is, right, as soon as you can record into a microphone, 
The flip side right. of that is you can press play and listen back to yourself. And when you can listen back to yourself, it makes you feel like you're famous. So then you don't want to do the little work. And that's the problem. So that's a huge issue. Be willing to do the little work. No, and that's great advice. It's, it's like the, it's like you mentioned marketing 101. It's kind of like networking 101 as well, right? When you, you just go to either industry events or local business events, et cetera, to, uh, to grow your own small business. And it's all about networking with the right people. And, and as you say, offering value as opposed to just wanting to grab value for yourself. Yeah, it is. And it gets, you know, a lot of people get really hung up on that. Yeah, just show, like, look at any online entrepreneur. Like most people online will say, add value. Like, okay, I get that. I really, like, I, I really get that. I really get that. But it's too, it's too macro. It's like a plumber turning up and saying, well, yeah, I'm, I'm a plumber. This is what I do. I've got, I've got, you know, I can do plumbing. Well, of course you can. By virtue of turning up, that's the base level of my expectation. Like for you to say, I'm going to add value. That's how I'm going to do things like that. That's the base level. That's not the USP. That's not the standout. That's the base level. But you've got to be really creative with this. How can you add value in a creative way that people are going to remember? That's the key. And that's the kicker that no one really gets to is they just do the bare minimum and think they can, you know, they can, they somehow put a tiny bit of sweat equity in and they can draw from it forever. And it just, that's not how it works. Yeah. No, that's great advice. Completely agree. Now, you'd mentioned that um, obviously your first podcast was way back probably in 2013. Why do you think, I mean, podcasting is one of these funny things. Again, it's, it's a, a little bit like blogging. It's always been said it's going to go away because social media came along, XYZ came along, but it's still here. And podcasting especially has really seen a resurgence in the last, sort of, I don't know, 12 months maybe. Uh, Apple, I think you you'd, uh, shared recently, had just um, published a 1 millionth podcast or something like that. So, and there's a lot of people, you'll know yourself, by running Captivate.fm, there's a lot of people getting interested in podcasting as a medium. Why do you think it's seen such a, resur- a resurgence and you think that can maintain that level? I think, it's, if, I think it's the perfect storm, really. You know, podcasting has been around for, for a long time, since 2005. Um, and it's one of those things where it was kind of difficult and kind of for the geeks. You know, you, you, podcasting had, this, it had this, this perception of, you know, it's for people that want to sit in the basement in their pants talking about Lost. Yeah, cool. It It is. You know, yeah. we're all geeked. You know, I had, we, podcasting started with niche um, and really getting tight into that. People genuinely talking about stuff in their pants and, you know, what they enjoyed talking about. And that's how it started out. It was a cottage industry. But then a few different things happened. You know, edu- education came along um, in the form of Netflix and Uber and Airbnb. You know, everything now is on demand. And that podcasting was one of the original on-demand media but no one thought about it like that. Everyone thought it was podcasting. This is why some of the old guard in podcasting get way too hung up on RSS feeds. Like, who cares? It's just on-demand audio. Like, stop crying about your RSS feeds. Right. Yes, they work. Yes, they do the job. Yes, they power podcasting. But holy God, like, we've got to, we've got to be mindful of what's happening. So this is what's gone on, is that the industry has been um, educated. And when I say the industry, I mean the consumers of the audio as much as the creators. Um, so they were educated that they could get content on demand and it was just as good as the BBC and it was just as good as, as NBC. Um, so that was the first thing, you know, we got educated as consumers by Netflix and by Uber and by Airbnb that not everything had to be as it was. So that's the first thing that happened. The second thing that happened was internet bandwidth speeds went up, which meant that we could not only consume information much easier, but we could push information up to the web much easier. We can stick stuff in the cloud. Now we can put big audio files up there and, People became used to iPads and iPhones and simplicity. And people started using 
the concepts that they saw on web apps and on iPads and on iPhones to create software like Captivate that makes it easier to publish, not like another set of hosting companies that are really cumbersome and old school. So all that complexity that people wanted to hold on to into podcasting because it was their baby and it is complex and we're the experts and we're the only elite crew that know how to do it. Like all of that's gone because People are more savvy now because interfaces have been designed to match expectations. So they're, they're the, the big things that have happened. But then, of course, there were the, the, there were another number of things that, that kind of came off the back of that, which was brand dollars started being piled into it. And with the brand dollars came the networks like Wondery, who then wanted to make podcasts just to sell. And in order for them to sell, they had to be really, really good. And in order for them to be really, really good, they needed investment. So they became these startups, these businesses. And then the last thing that happened, of course, was someone like Spotify got involved where, you know, I've got some some thoughts on why that might not be a great thing. Um, but ultimately, they managed to really boost the education in the market by saying to people, do you know what? Forget that this is called a podcast. This is just audio when you want it. Oh, and guess you you know, the original Star Wars audio dramas. Yeah, well, they're there. Mm. Look, they're free, you know? So it becomes it, it becomes that kind of setup. So that, I mean, that's a huge range of reasoning, but that's, it was the perfect storm, the perfect storm. It was like video when YouTube came about. Just as bandwidth limits came about, YouTube, it's no coincidence that YouTube took off, you know? So that's, it's, it's happened again in podcasting. Now, and, and that makes me wonder, um, to your point about video uh, being easy, obviously you had YouTube that, that was first out, then you got the likes of Vimeo and Viddler where it was more for the creators, but then Viddler disappeared. So you think there's going to be um, a time when with the amount of podcast companies and hosts, et cetera, that seem to be exploding, and as you mentioned, there's there's some that are just in it purely to try to get the, the dollar revenue back to them. Do you think there'll be a peak where it will settle down and there's maybe just 10 or 12 hosts that are left or do you think there's there's room for many many more so i think that's actually a two-part question um i think there aren't many there there isn't much room for many other hosts in my view um because you can't put you can't put too much between any of them right now like we try really hard to be much different and much better than other hosts and um we achieve that through how we think um but i think the first part of that question is Someone like Spotify right now, this is something that I'm, I'm going to dig into on a blog post, like Spotify is one of the biggest dangers to podcasting because the big difference with podcasting and other mediums is that podcasting started open and RSS feeds are open. But Spotify, in my view, wants to close it down. They want to put a wall around it. They want to make it like YouTube where you create and upload via Spotify or Anchor. The problem with that is that video, you know, nothing really existed like YouTube before YouTube. Yeah, a few others, Viddler, Vimeo, a few others like that existed and still exist. But what they don't do is um, they didn't have ever have that open industry feel like with RSS. Um, and I think this is one of the challenges that Spotify needs because of the money it's spent in podcasting has to up how many people listen to podcasts through Spotify. And I think they're, they're wanting to put a big wall around podcasting and say, actually, you upload directly to Spotify. You don't need an RSS feed. Just upload here with this button. And I think that over the next three to five years is one of the biggest risks to podcasts. In fact, the, the interesting thing with this is you've got to consider you know, we as a podcast hosting platform, we've got access to Spotify's new API. We can get data from Spotify and give it you that we've never been able to get before. And on the surface, that looks really, really good. But actually, it's like someone putting a dam over a stream or a river and saying, no, this is good. Look, look, because we're letting you have the water, but they've got the ability to turn the tap. 
and to say, actually, you can only have this water. You can only have this information on our terms. Um, so I think that becomes a risk. So to answer your question, I, I, I don't, I don't think um, that is the future of podcasting. What you suggested, you know, is the room for other hosts? Will we see it dropping off? No, I don't think it will drop off. But I think the landscape will change, and I think there's a bit of a risk to it. What I actually see happening is a bit of a fracture where the Indies. I wrote a big piece on this a while ago where the Indies will remain as they are and still make the money how they do, but the quote-unquote bigger podcasters will go the other way and they'll work in a slightly different manner. And then somewhere in between, somewhere in between, there'll be this YouTube-esque presence that is Spotify where you can upload directly, but you only get their audience. So I, I think it will become fractious over the next three to five years. Hmm, it'll be looking interesting to look at and see what happens there for sure. Um, now, just to change it up a little bit, what is something that, People that might know you, um, know you for your podcasting, et cetera, and your, your, your geek affiliation, et cetera. But what is something that not a lot of people know about you that might surprise them? Um, I once, I put this on the Facebook group, didn't I, the other day? I once supported Whitesnake as a, <laughs> uh, when I was in a band. Yeah. So that was nice. <laughs> so how did that come about? How did they uh, support? Did you pitch them? Did Were they looking for, did they speak to your manager or something? Or Yeah, we had this uh, this promoter called Ron who was crap. And he... Um, he, for some reason, managed to pull this off. I have no idea how it happened. We were only young, like 16, 17. And uh, we ended up doing a few other bits as well. Like we did some Christmas light switch-ons in big cities where we supported like Beverly Knight and Keen and um, like the guys that did Agadoo, which was just absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And uh, it was all down to this promoter. And he was terrible, mate. He was terrible. But he managed to pull off like three or four gigs over a four-year period that were just decent. And White Snake was one of them. Um, but everything else was awful. I mean, awful. But yeah, you know, fair play, Ron. Well, that's, that's cool. That is like um, a, a super cool story. Oh, Mark, well, I, as I mentioned at the start of the show, I really appreciate you coming on. I know, I mean, I'm with Captivate FM because of the what the platform offers. And I really appreciate, you know, learning as I sort of grown it podcasting from your own podcast and the support you give to the guys in the Facebook group, et cetera. Um, and I'm sure this, this episode will bring a lot of value to, you know, people like myself that are reasonably new to podcasting and want to, going to take it a bit more seriously so i appreciate you coming on today well thank you very much man i appreciate all you do for the community uh, and all you do for rubber based media and captivate in particular we all appreciate that so thank you man I, I appreciate everything you do oh cheers appreciate that all right guys so this has been another episode of podcaster stories if you enjoyed this, uh, this week's episode make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast app or head on over to podcasterstories.com to get the latest episode sent to you until next week take care and we'll speak soon You've been listening to Podcaster Stories. If you enjoyed this week's show, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes to help others find the show too. And we'll see you the next time on Podcaster Stories.